You are listening to Life Clips. Every Friday, Life Clips will bring you encouragement, freedom, and biblical truth. Encouragement for the times in which we live. There is not one person on the planet, believer or unbeliever, that does not say, this world has gone crazy. Does it seem like the doomsday clock is nearing midnight? Freedoms are being stripped from everyone all over the globe. To the continued civil unrest, lawlessness, chaos, lying politicians, doctors, censorship from big tech tyrannies, the fall of America so a one world government can start. The rise of spirituality, so a one world religion can start. That is why we see massive growth of new age, false pastors, false religions, false converts. Man is their own God. God is no longer needed or wanted. The false light deception of aliens and UFOs. The endless talk and media coverage of a virus that has a 99.8 survival rate. Forced vaccinations, masking our children, people all over the globe losing their jobs for not complying. Why is all of this happening and will it ever end? For the believer, be encouraged, beloved. For the unbeliever, tune in every Friday to see what is happening and what you can do to find peace in these chaotic times. We also talk about freedom for the broken believer. Are you broken, beloved? Are you in the bondage of sin that you cannot break free from? Do you hide what you do so no one can see the real you? Do you deal with anxiety, depression, drinking, or more? And it seems like the church is only there to judge you. Life Clips is a judge-free zone. And our mission is to have Jesus, through the lens of the Bible, take that burden from you. Oh, are you the prodigal? Are you a backslidden believer? Come home, prodigal. Jesus is waiting. And ultimately, at Life Clips, we use the main truthful source, the Bible. Biblical truth is the only means of breaking strongholds, letting go of the burden of sin that Jesus bore upon Calvary over 2,000 years ago. The Bible is our only means of truly seeing the deception around you and allowing you to have discernment in these last days. We want all to come here. We want you to be part of the Life Clips family, to be encouraged, to be set free. So come on, take a listen and grab your coffee or grab your tea. It's going to be a good one. Hey, everyone. 
Kim here. So I want everyone to know that I am in the middle of doing laundry. So you probably will hear my dryer in the background if you haven't heard it already. So, uh, but it is what it is. Also, as always, when it is beautiful and I have the ability to turn the air off in Florida, I do. So my French doors are open here in the apartment and uh, I am letting in this amazingly gorgeous weather. So my uh, prayers are with everyone here in not only where I live in Clearwater, but also throughout some parts of South Florida and other areas. Uh, We had, as many of you have, um, we had some really bad weather come in on Sunday, very early in the morning. Uh, I know there were tornadoes, F2s that touched down here in Clearwater and also other places in Florida. So I hope everyone is okay. I also have been looking at your photos as you have posted on Facebook um, regarding the beautiful snow. So I hope there are not um, people listening to this podcast today who have been affected by the weather and you have power and things are good. If you don't have power, uh, just know that my thoughts and prayers are with you and uh, that you stay warm in that uh, stretch of weather that came through over um, a, a lot of states. So as you can see, I do have my green screen up today with my background that I created using Canva. So uh, feel free to head on over to that website. Um, You can find some things that are good, that are free. That is what I do. I don't pay for a dime. But anyway, just some things here on the screen that will be seen throughout the episode. Uh, Where to find us on Rumble, where to find us on the podcast, celebrating, yes, guys, my 100th legit episode. Uh, I know I've done things in the middle, and uh, but this is legitly my 100th episode. So I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. First and foremost, Dr. Andy, I, ca- I cannot thank you enough. I cannot express enough how honored I was to hear my name mentioned on one of your services, and it did garner quite a few new viewers. So I also want to say to all of those who have subscribed here on Rumble, um, thank you so much and welcome to the Life Clips family. Um, Last week, we dove into um, prophetic words for 2022. And this week is going to be a little different. Uh, This week, as you can see right here, Life Clips is about bringing encouragement, freedom, and biblical truth. And that's what we're going to do this 100th episode. It's basically bringing it all full circle. But before I get into what we're going to talk about today, I want to remind everyone, go ahead right now and smash that rumble button, the boxing glove, the like button. If you're on your phone, as you can see right up above me, go ahead and smash that boxing glove. And you also, while you're there, hit that little subscribe button also right there. If you're on your computer, uh, go ahead and hit that little plus symbol, and that will also give us a rumble. So go ahead right now, smash that like button. And I also would like for you to comment. I love when people are engaging. So comment below. Also share, share, share. 
this podcast, get the word out. God is moving in these last days, and I am so grateful and honored um, that he has chosen, as I always say, a wretch like me to share truth in these very trying times. So I do appreciate those who have given feedback, who have reached out to questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. And uh, just continue, continue to give me your feedback, continue to give me encouragement, your thoughts, and I will listen. Um, So, and I do appreciate people knowing that I am honest, I'm organic, I'm real, and I don't know how to be anything else, as I've said time and time again. So anyway, um, I think that's it, right? You want to rumble, smash that like button, subscribe, share, and comment below. And before we get started, I want to introduce this week's mug. So this week's mug, I've used it time and time again, and uh, I did purchase this, as everyone knows. I am drinking a green ginger tea today, and uh, I'll let you know how it is because I've never had it before, but I am assuming I'm going to like it. So it's the green tea with ginger and a hint of pear. But anyway, I've used this mug before. It is my Rapture mug, uh, the Caution Rapture. And uh, one day we're going and I can't wait for that day. Hallelujah. So anyway, what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to uh, enjoy this 100th episode. Let me take a sip and I'll tell you how it is. Tastes like green ginger tea with a hint of no pear, but even though it says pear, can't really taste the pear. Mm. All right. Anyway, I usually keep it over there because this is um, granite, this desk that's actually, it's an amazing desk. I didn't put it here. It came with the apartment, but it's granite. So it makes noise. Anyway. So on February 17th, 2020, the Lord led me to start a podcast And when I started this journey, you know, the the gist, as you can see there in the corner, was for encouragement, freedom, and biblical truth. So how do we as Christians deal with a life clip? And that was the whole premise behind life clips. It should be a clip of our life. We shouldn't stay in the bondage. We shouldn't stay in the anxiety and the worry and the fear. We have to get out of it. We have to move out of that sooner or later, right? Or we're just going to be just a struggling Christian until we die or fly. And that is not how God wanted any of us to be. So that was the premise behind Life Clips. So for those listening here on Rumble, again, thank you so much. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you for always being faithful. But when we first started, we did not have video content. We were just a podcast. So I would record my audio and then upload it to the platforms that you can see here on the screen. And there are others, but those are the main ones. 
So anyway, um, and not to plug again, but if you go to lifeclipspodcast.com, there's a lot of information there. And you can also see other platforms as far as podcasts to listen to us. I just kind of got into this mindset. And this is what I tell people. Uh, for those who don't know, I do Uber part-time. And I've always tried to not say that, but I think many people know. And um, just because of the culture in which we live, you know, can't be a conservative Christian today. Any company hates that. So anyway, while I drive people around, God always seems to open doors and I walk right through them. I hand out my cards all the time. But part of the reason is I, I have a lot of people when we start talking about things, especially within the Christian community, um, they kind of like the premise. But then I think when they tune in, they realize I am certainly not a Stephen Furtick or a Joel Osteen or a Joyce Myers or a T.D. Jakes. I do not encourage to look and act just like the world and still label yourself as a Christian. There has to be growth. There has to be some form of movement um, in your walk with the Lord. I mean, again, I've said this time and time again, why even come to belief if you don't want to change the way you think, because that's the whole part of belief is you're changing your mind. You're repenting, not of sin. That is not a condition for salvation. You're changing. You're going in the complete opposite direction. So if you came to the Lord in one way, you should be turned around going a complete opposite direction, right? A 180. So anyway, I tell people about that when they're in the car and then they get, oh, really? And I'm like, well, that's why it's called a life clip because you're not supposed to stay there. Um, they still take the card, but I don't know if they listen or not. So if anyone who's found me and I was your Uber driver, um, thanks. Hopefully you tipped me. It was a great conversation. And uh, secondly, thank you for coming here. Um, but this isn't a typical stay in your lane and don't have any growth or change. You know, I mean, the... The Christian, I think, is ill-equipped if we don't pray and read God's word, because that is where God is, right? He is in the pages of the Bible. He is not in self-help books. He's not even books written by Christians, if I could be honest. I use that term loosely, but he's not in Levi Lusco's new book or Louis Giglio's new book or Stephen Furtick's new book. Right? Why we, we gravitate to buying those things. And there's a reason why it's because we really don't want to hone into what God says, because then a life change will happen and the life clip will no longer be there. So that's the premise. That's what life clips was. That's what I felt the Lord pressing upon my spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. And this is legitly honest Kim talking to you now. Now, please hear what I'm saying. I don't think that a true born again believer would confess to be a Christian and then living just like the world and acting. I've said that again. And uh, I think it's next week or maybe the week after we're going to dive into the prodigal and what does backslidden really mean and what does that look like? So I'm saying all of that because we get to a point in our Christian walk where we forget where we've come from. And we forget to extend grace to Christians who are struggling. Now, let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, 
I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform, and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do. From your show being listed on every major podcast platform to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie, I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. I have many people in my life where it's, and I've known them for years, and the conversation is still the same. My advice to them is still the same. So my question to you is if you're listening this week and we've had dialogue, when do you stop, open the word of God and see what God really has for you? You know, new year, new you, all of that um, new age, new year nonsense, right? This is, I'm going to take control of me again. Well, it's never going to happen unless you allow God to take control of you because God has to be your shepherd. If he's not your shepherd, then you can wander like sheep do and things happen. That's what I feel life clips was about is because I, myself, as I just said a little bit ago, I myself lost the grace to extend to other people. I forgot what it's like to truly struggle as a Christian. And I've said this story time and time again, I, I, uh, came back to the Lord. I was a prodigal and I was backslidden for many years, many years. And when I came back to the Lord, I still struggled with pornography. I struggled with the fact that my eyes were deceived by the things that I wanted to look at. So I stayed in that for about a year after I came back to the Lord. And, you know, at first, I'm going to be honest, I'd still do it. You know, I'd get convicted, but then whatever. And then as time went on, I began to really ask the Lord to help me. You know, I've been single for a long time. I'm not going to get into my personal life, but just use your imagination. I am single and I uphold the word of God when it comes to the parameters of sex. You might not like that as a Christian, but you are not to have sex outside of what God ordained. 
and that is between a man and a woman and their marriage bed. Again, you might not like what I say here, but they're not your wifey and they're not your husband if they're really not your wifey or your husband. Your boyfriend is not your husband. Your fiance is not even your husband and vice versa. And maybe people say that because then in themselves, they say, well, I can have sex because I I see them as my husband or my wife, but God's not going to bless that relationship and there's going to be struggle, right? Or Christians who date, why are you dating someone for four years? If God sent them to you, you shouldn't really be dating that long because God sent them to you. You're going to kind of know after a while if this man's legit a man of God. I don't think Christians are meant to date. I would love to have uh, Dr. J.B. Hickson on here. I've reached out. He's extremely busy. Kind of get away from other topics and really hone in on the sex within the church because pastors at the pulpit don't want to talk about that. So anyway, with that being said, I understand the struggle of our flesh. And notice how I said that, right? We're tempted every single day. We're tempted. The temptation is not the actual sin. It's taking that step into the temptation, which then gives birth to the sin. When I battled with that, why do we battle with pornography or other sexual enticements? It's because our eyes are being deceived. Our minds are being deceived. So I don't know. I mean, do you want to journey with me here today and really hone into what God says? Or you just keep wanting to live your life the way that you're living it and then message and say, pray for me, pray for me, pray. And yet there's no change. So you know what I've done? And people might not like this either, but it's not that I won't pray, but I just, I pray differently when you ask me to do that. Because sometimes we put ourselves in our own situations and then we're like, I don't know why this is happening. Well, because you did it to yourself. So again, a harsh little conversation there, but I just, I needed to lay that groundwork of who I really am and how I really feel. I'll extend grace and I'll give you the advice, but after years of the same advice, even Jesus dusted it, dusted it, even Jesus wiped his own feet from the dust and moved on to the next town. Same principle. I can't keep wearing myself out on the same topic of conversation with the same person. All I can do is just say, Lord, deal with them, hand them over to the Lord. So anyway, we struggle with our flesh until we die or we fly. And the Bible will help us with that journey. So listen, Christians will never, ever, ever, and if you follow someone who says that we don't sin, you might want to turn them off right now. Christians, we sin, born-again believers, we sin every day, whether through our thoughts or through our actions. But we need to plug into not only prayer, where God earnestly will be there with us and will earnestly seek out the prayer time with the Lord being ourselves, being our true, authentic, organic self. I am who I am here as the same way as I'm with God. I don't don't hide who I am. He knows me. I, I can't hide who I am with God because he knows me. So do we sit in that prayer time with him? Because again, 
None of us are sinless, but do we sit in prayer time and in Bible time? Like the Bible and prayer will make us, hear me, sin less. Not sinless, but sin less. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict us. And again, I would ask myself, and I'm not going to talk about it here because I'm going to talk about it in a couple of weeks, but or maybe next week. Again, I don't know my lineup. But if we are backslidden, even in that, the Holy, the Holy Spirit convicted. It convicted me a lot. Convicted me every time I went home with someone who wasn't my husband. Convicted me every time that I got intoxicated. Convicted me every time my mouth was full of curse words. Convicted me every time my anger got so bad, I could punch a hole through a wall. You looked at me then, you would not say, that girl's a Christian, nor did I say I was. But you know how God looked at me during that time? The same way he looks at me right now. And as the Holy Spirit began to push and nudge and convict, he used a circumstance to turn me around. And as I ran down that driveway, figuratively speaking, Christ was still standing right there. Episode number one. We're not going to go through 99 episodes, I promise. But episode number one, I had Brother Michael on. It was something so new for me. But the topic of that conversation was, if we can't make lemonade, like what if we have no lemons in our life and everything is just, we're defeated, we're anxiety ridden, we're worried ridden. And this was pre-COVID, by the way, February 17th, 2020. Literally what? A month later, not only our lives, but this podcast began to go into a different direction because, again, don't want to give the episode away when we talk about COVID. Why did COVID even start? What is, what is the gist of COVID through the lens of the Bible, not through Klaus Schwab and other people with the World Economic Forum and all those? Through the lens of the Bible, why do we even have COVID? This podcast has dealt with issues where we can't always make lemonade and we just have a sour filled life. I've dealt with issues regarding addiction, suicide, pornography, depression, anxiety, and more. And as I said in the beginning, these are life clips. We should not continue to stay in that lane because then you're going to be a defeated Christian a tired Christian. So today I want to challenge all of us, including myself, right? What is the purpose God has for us? Now, listen, I am not a Joel Osteen, as I said in the beginning, and a Stephen Furtick and a Greg Rochelle and a Louis Giglio and a Ben Stewart and, you know, a Rick Warren. And that list can go on and on. This isn't your best life now. This isn't God's purpose for me is to have divine health and da, 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 da. That, that's not really biblical, first of all, but we're not going to go there. I mean, I think COVID kind of put, it should have, it it should have put a lid on the whole divine health thing because there were a lot of Christians, including Ruby. She didn't die of COVID. I shouldn't say that. She died from complications of COVID because she was already sick. But there were a lot of Christians who died from COVID. This isn't your best life now podcast.
Refresh your coffee or refresh your tea during this brief intermission. Subscribe to us on our Rumble channel, Life Clips underscore podcast. You can also subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast content. We are on the following platforms. Apple, Google, Pandora, Spotify, and more. Now back to this week's episode. And what we're going to do is grab that coffee and grab that tea because we are going to dive into the Bible. So I want you to grab your Bibles today. And I want us to dive into what Jesus says, right? So are we going to rid ourselves once and for all of the anxiety, our daily pressures, right? One thing I noticed is this, we find nowhere in the Bible, nowhere, unless it deals with Israel's future, and the book of Revelation for future events to come. But nowhere in the Bible does God tell us, I want you to look out ahead. I want you to go all the way out there and I want you to look out ahead. And I want you to worry about your retirement, your 401k. I want you to worry about inflation. I want you to worry about your cost of living. I want you to sit out there and I want you to just keep thinking about your future. There's no scripture that tells us to do that. But on the contrary, it tells us our daily bread. And it also tells us, don't worry about when, not the future. It tells us don't even worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is not even promised. But then I also read in scripture that gives me comfort is God clothes the lilies of the field and he feeds the birds of the air. Now, no disrespect towards birds, But I think I'm a little bit more important to God than a bird. And I'm certainly more important to God than lilies and flowers. So if he can clothe that, how much more daily is he going to take care of me? But here we sit in a new year, the COVID lies, the manipulation, this sin, sick world, the lawlessness, parents having no natural affection. That's what that word means, by the way, when you read that in the book of Romans, when it says no natural affection, that is that it has nothing to do with homosexuality. That is literally a parent having no natural affection towards their own child. Not only do we see that, of course, in abortion, but we see that in, in this disgusting abuse, this growing abuse of kids and killing kids and throwing kids in dumpsters. That is no natural affection. We live in a world of selfishness, whether it be in just the daily life, even on our roads, there's selfish drivers. It's me time. I don't care if I'm texting and driving and holding up traffic. It's I'm going to drive 90 miles an hour and start cutting people off because I need to get somewhere. I mean, who does that? The selfishness of our world. So how do we deal with deception? Do we turn it off? Should we turn it off? Should we block out everything? Well, no. I mean, we have to know what's going on. But what does the Bible say about deception? 
And again, the struggle with sin and how do we sanctify our life? And another thing that is so prevalent in the Bible, which we're going to get into about these last days is the rise of antichrists, not the antichrist and false churches and false pastors. We're going to talk about that. It's growing and growing at an alarming rate. And how do we stand as believers who long, who long to be raptured, who long to be in heaven? How do we deal with this sin sick world? Do we cry out and say, God, how much longer? I know that you see what's happening. So we'll deal with that. And how can we understand God and his plan in this wicked, lawless world? And does he really have the final say? Is what we believe truth? So for this 100th episode, we should all, as believers, sit and rest in the promises of God. See, God's not a genie, though. We can't just go to him when we need something and rub the magic belly of the Buddha doll. That's not who God is. The scripture is very clear and says God's will be done, not Kim's, not yours, not anyone else's. And that's how we journey through what God wants is we need to pray for his will to be done. There's many things that I pray for. Not every prayer that I've prayed for has been answered. So last week, as I said in the beginning, I did a podcast regarding prophetic words that God supposedly gave to people for this new year. But I'm here to tell you this week, we're going to dive into some prophetic words that God has given us, not only for 2022, but for every single year, Lord willing, and day to come. So will you join me this week? Will you grab your coffee, grab your tea, but most of all, grab your Bible and let us dive into what God says. All right. So anxiety, worry, fear. Here are some verses for us today. And literally, this is what I'm doing today. So if you don't want to hear Bible, if you don't want to get encouraged, if you just want to stay in that lane, then you're going to turn it off. And, you know, you know, what's funny. Let me digress here. I went to Walmart really quick yesterday. I'm, I'm not a Walmart fan, but I went to Walmart yesterday. I had to go. I wanted to look for, which, you know, they don't sell those. I wanted to get uh, a nightlight. I have these really cool um, Victorian type light bulbs that I got. And, but the lamp that I have them in because of the, the lamp, I, I used it last week on the podcast. But anyway, the blue, you really can't see the pretty colors. So I was looking for like an old school on off night lamp. You can't find them anywhere. Everything is LED. And, you know, that's another thing I, I thought about is our brains are always on go, right? If we, if we look back 10 years ago, you know, podcasts and social media, you know, binge watching, streaming services, it wasn't like it is today. I mean, I know they were around, but you know what I mean by that? It's just that everything, and now we have patios being lit. It's just light. There's no time for our minds to rest, and it dawned on me, even an LED light, it's brighter than a, just a dim night light that used to just give me, who's afraid of the dark, just a little bit of light when I had to get up in the middle of the night because I thought the boogeyman was hiding behind my shower curtain. So 
Um, if you come over to my house now, I still am afraid of the dark. I have been since my dad died. Uh, but there, there will be nightlights, little <laughs> things that go on for me in my apartment. Um, but anyway, I just, there you go. There's a little tidbit of information about Kim that if you don't know me, now you know. So anyway, anxiety, worry, and fear. What does the Bible tell us? Well, here, let's look at this one. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So let us sit here for a little bit. Let's just look at that first verse. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Now, by everything, by what? By prayer and supplication. So I said in a long time ago podcast before prayer and supplication are two totally different things, right? Prayer is you coming to God. Supplications are needs brought before God. So they're they're different prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving. So that means no matter what you should be thankful, let your requests be made known unto God. So even if you're feeling a certain type of way, even if you've made wrong choices and decisions, you still need to come to God grateful and thankful. And then the next verse says, and the peace of God, if we want his shalom, his peace, it just reminded me of the guy from last week when he said peace like 900 times. So, and the peace of God, right? That is a huge thing. I don't want the peace of man. I don't even want the peace of a president. I want the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And I remember when my dad died, I sang a song by Wayne Watson, the peace that passes understanding. And then what that means is we don't even understand his peace. We just know we have it. I can't explain why I have peace in my life and why I don't really. Now, I'm not saying I never have anxiety or worry or fear. Of course, I just don't sit there because I, what's the point? God sits on a throne, no matter what, I might not be able to change the outcome. So it's peace that I don't understand. I can't explain that to you, the peace that God gives me. I just know it's peace from God. So it says here, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts, right, and minds through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. And this is the thing that is connected to this verse. So verse seven says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. So let's connect those two together, right? If you are abounding in things in your life that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely, now, that word pure, we can really dissect here today because a lot of anxiety stems because the purity is not there. And you can take that any which way you want, right? Or the, the falsehood is not there either. So the peace, like, again, huge verse right there. Whatsoever things are true. And we're going to get into deception here later. But if we're looking at the 
narrative of a disease that has a 0001% of death, are we looking at the true? No. If you're sitting in fear over COVID, you're not having your heart and mind on truthful things. You're being deceived. Honest. Again, love me or hate me, I'm always going to be honest. And that's why some people just choose not to reach out anymore because I'm just not going to sugarcoat it anymore. I'm just not. We're living in days where the, um, I don't want to call it nonsense because I don't want to demean or, or little what you're going through, but is that really that important? You know, I mean, uh, let me just be honest, breaking up with a boyfriend, breaking up with a girlfriend, having troubles at your job, which we all do. Is that really that important in the grand scheme of things? I mean, selfishness, narcissistic behavior. If we're so focused on me, 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 we're never going to be focused on the lost in the world because we're too busy with me that we don't see the dying around us. So if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Such a powerful verse. I could sit there for a lot longer, but I'm going to move on. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Wow, that's the God that we serve. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps with our infirmities. Very important here, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit, capital S in that verse, it's pertaining to the Holy Spirit, itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Let's go ahead and just dissect that so to put all the NAR stuff out. That does not mean we are groaning. That means when we don't know how to pray and we just sit there in silence, but our hearts are saying something and our minds might be going, but we just don't know how to articulate that to God. The Holy Spirit within us is speaking on our behalf to God with groanings that we're not uttering because he's uttering them, right? He's our intercessor in that moment when our life is coming down and we just don't know, Lord, I don't know what to say. And you sit there and you weep and maybe you sit in silence. And if you're truly born again, it's at those moments that the Holy Spirit makes intercession on your behalf. My gosh, that verse is so powerful. Hold on to that one. Isaiah 26.3, God will keep us in perfect peace. But catch the next part, whose mind, why does he go again with the mind, is stayed on him 
because he trusts in thee. So when you trust in God and you sit there in a place of trust, I trust to him. So looking back in 2020, I mean, I'll be honest. When I look back and I see God's hand of faithfulness, provision through Instacart, because I lost my job with COVID, provision through Uber. And now I sit and I'm full-time at another law firm. I still have to supplement income and still do Uber. But the hand of God, why? Now, listen, I don't say this to boast. Please do not think that I am some super spiritual Christian because I'm not. We all struggle with different things. But I'll tell you this much, where I was even six days ago, six months ago, six years ago, is not where I sit today. You know why? Me, Kim. Because I need growth. I need to know that my God supplies all of my needs. My God takes care of me. My God walks with me. I talk with him. My God is everything to me. Everything. My God is literally my God. Friends, family. Again, if you're married with kids, even your husband and your kids should not be above God. Priorities. God is my priority. So I'm saying all of that because our minds, we need to sit in a place of trust. Do you know, I don't trust many people. I honestly don't. I have a very low trust of humans. My first inclination when I meet someone is I feel like they're deceptive. Until I get to know you, I don't really know your true intentions. It's just who I am. And it takes me a long time. That's why my circle is so small to let someone in because I I don't trust man, but I trust God 100%. I trust him in my finances. I trust him in my health, not supernatural health. I trust him in my job. I trust him that one day I'll win the lotto. (laughs) I just probably ticked off a lot of people. Can play Solano? Yes, I do. Because I would like to retire. But I trust. I trust in God. See, again, guys, that's just me. I'm an honest person. I'm an open book. Ask me anything and I'll tell you the truth. But anyway, so our minds need to stay on God, if it's on our boyfriend, our girlfriend, our husband, our wives, our job, our finances, it's not staying on God. So therefore, if it's not staying on God, we're not trusting him. We're looking into the future where he's already been, but we as finite beings have no idea how to deal with the future. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. That's read from the King James version. So I do apologize about the, the morrow. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, which means for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. 
Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will deal with itself tomorrow. Lord willing, if we ever have a tomorrow. John chapter 14, to close the anxiety, verse 27. Right? What does Jesus say there? He says, peace. So the underlining theme here is trusting, peace. Watch what your mind and heart are thinking of. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Catch it not as the world gives. That's not how God gives, right? Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. So God doesn't give peace like the world. And is there really even peace in the world? No, that's why people drink and do drugs and have sex and do all of these things because they're trying to find peace. That's what I was going to say. And I totally lost my train of thought. And this brought me full circle. I called it my old lady brain fart. I was in Walmart the other day. Remember Walmart? I never got to my story. And I was looking, like I said, for the nightlights. And also the other thing that I noticed in Walmart is not everything is light, 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 but I went down the aisle where they have the lamps and stuff. Cause I thought maybe there might be some random light bulb thing that I can use instead of the nightlight. And when I looked there on my left, Again, peace. The world is longing for peace and calm. Nothing but essential oils, nothing but your incense burnings, nothing but your aromatherapies, all just lined up there on the left-hand side. So clearly you want to soak in your peppermint and your sage and your lavenders and your chamomiles. You're longing for peace that you even infuse it for it to come out of a, an infuser. That doesn't give you peace. No offense against those who love their essential oils, but there's no peace there. My good, I can sniff all the lavender lavender and chamomile and sage that I want. I'm still not going to find peace in the aroma. I'm not going to find peace and calm and meditative music. Okay, so it's nice. A little thunderstorm and the rain is falling. I use that on my Google at night. I don't find peace in that. Actually, I listen to Pastor Andy, usually on YouTube, and I let the word of God bask in my brain. And in the background, I hear the rain and the thunder or the crickets chirping in the woods. But that's the world's peace. The, the world offers you things that just really don't help. Temporal. As soon as the diffuser goes out, guess what happens? Your lavender, lavender chamomile little aroma time has gone away temporal. God is eternal peace, eternal. So he continues, let not your what be troubled, your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Hold on to John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So these last days in which we live, we're moving on to the next segment here. Second Peter chapter three, verses three and four says, know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts. 
and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue just as they were from the beginning of creation. How many people are mocking the rapture today, the pre-trib rapture? How many people are mocking even the second coming of Jesus, saying it's allegorical, it's, it's symbolism, it's not real? There's coming a day when all of us as believers, our faith will be sight. Hallelujah. Then it also says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the last days, very clear. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, in other versions, it says the last days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Are we not there? First Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, So what is that word? Therefore, therefore, Peter's telling us the end is near. So if the end is near, therefore, this is what you need to do. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. And then we read about in the last days, which we're going to get into, right? Perilous time shall come. Men will be lovers of self. And it lists a whole bunch of things that are happening in the last days. And man, I can sit there in that verse, but time won't allow it. That is a powerful verse of the days in which we're living. So deception, was deception even mentioned in the Bible? Oh, yes, it was. I mean, we read about deception in the beginning, right? With Joseph and Potiphar's wife. But even before then, we read about deception, when it came to Esau and Jacob and how Jacob deceived Esau out of his birthright, but Esau just was hungry and wanted a bowl of stew. And because of his hunger, he sold his birthright, but deception is in the Bible. So Joseph was lied about because Potiphar's wife deceived people saying that she was raped by Joseph because remember she tore um, his thing that he was wearing part of his jacket and then he sat in jail even after the baker and the cupbearer even after they were released well the one died but they didn't remember him as they promised so he sat there until god's ordained time came to pass and then joseph as we know became the second in command under pharaoh of all Egypt. And if you don't know the story about Laban, how he deceived Jacob. So Jacob found Rachel, wanted to leave with Rachel and marry Rachel and Laban. So he, and he, Laban, which was Rachel's dad and also Leah's dad said, if you work seven years for me, then you'll have Rachel. So that's what Jacob did at the end of the seven years. On their wedding night, her veil was down. He couldn't see who it was. He thought that he was going into Rachel. And when he woke up the next morning, it was Leah. So there is a uh, popular teacher out there, Stephen Furtick, who totally butchers this, who makes it 
just whatever. I, he annoyed me when I even heard him say this. So anyway, then he worked again for another seven years and got Rachel, but that was also an ordeal. So, but anyway, Laban deceived Jacob. And then another story that we should all remember is when Delilah deceived Samson. So there is more, and I'm not going to get into all of it, but there are stories of deception. There's stories in the book of Joshua when Joshua was deceived. So deception is in the Bible. I mean, and let's look how Genesis 3 started out. There was deception by the serpent. So that is what the devil does. He deceives. I've been debating with these people with the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch, if you're reading it and you're listening to this, throw it away. It's demonic. There's nothing in that book that lines up with scripture. The book of Enoch, and, and I'm not saying that's a Gnostic gospel, but there are Gnostic gospels like uh, St. Thomas and I forgot the other ones uh, that are out there. That is not part of the canon of scripture. So the, the canon of scripture, when John the Revelator died and penned the book of Revelation in AD 95, that was the last writing of the Bible. So Enoch is not part of the original Tanakh, the Torah. It's not part of that, right? This book was supposedly found with the Dead Sea Scrolls, and that's when all this nonsense started. The book of Enoch is demonic, and it lies to people. That's deception. So the enemy doesn't want someone reading the Bible, so therefore he's going to give them a fake book and fake other versions of the Bible to read. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want people to know his future. I mean, if you look in the Bible, the devil knows what's going to happen to him. So he doesn't want anyone reading that. He doesn't want anyone to know the truth of who God is. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. So the reason I'm reading this is a lot of people are deceived, not just in the world that we're living in, this COVID lie and the vaccination lie and the booster lie and the politicians lie and the government's lie and all this nonsense. We're also deceived into thinking I can party, I can do drugs, I can have sex, I can do all of these things like the world, and I'm going to heaven. First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through 11, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Then the next says, do not be deceived. So don't be deceived here. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, ephedimite, homosexuals, and an ephedimite is someone who we see today, transgender men who dress like women. Thieves, covetousness, drunkards, revilers, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. There's so many people deceived right now into thinking I can do all of that and still go to heaven. Such were, were, keyword, some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God, triune Trinity is there as well, if you caught that, God, Christ, Spirit. Ephesians 6, 
verse 11 says that we should what? Put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the what? The schemes, the deception of the devil. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it tells us, it's warning us to live godly lives that Satan won't outfox us, outwit us, right? For we are unaware of his schemes. So one thing that I'm always thought about when it comes to deception or even our lives in general is the devil really kind of does know us as well. You know, we, we don't want to give him too much credit, but we don't want to give him no credit to where we feel like he can never enter our realm. He knows what pushes your buttons. He knows what pushes my buttons. He knows that the slow person in front of me going 58 and a 60 can't even go the speed limit, won't move over. And then you're impeding traffic. He knows that that drives me crazy. He knows it does. He knows that people who lie drive me crazy. So he knows what pushes my buttons. He knows it. You not think he knows what buttons he's going to push with you? Of course he does. So we need to put on the whole armor of God. So we should be able to stand against the schemes. That's all it is. Are you afraid of getting sick? COVID's going to be your fear. He's going to capitalize on it. Wear a mask, put seven plastic things on, put gloves on, dress in a hazmat suit. He's going to hone in to your fear. And say, see, COVID's going to kill you. COVID, COVID's got you. Stay away from people. Stay locked in your house. Don't go out. Don't touch anyone. Don't talk to anyone. And then while you're sitting there all alone in your home, you get depressed and you get lonely. And then the devil might whisper words in your head and just go ahead and take your life. Look at you. You're all alone. You're worthless. Nobody wants to be around you. So whatever that door is, He could enter. I mean, we all know the story of Job. So we see the devil as this red-horned, pitchfork-wearing person, but that's not who or what he looks like. And I know how he's described in the Bible. So does he actually still look like that angel today? And I know it's debated. that He's not really talking about the devil, but I've never seen a king described that way. So I don't believe it's a king. So, but it talks about his inward parts, music. Music is so deceptive today. Christian music is so deceptive today. Why? Because he, his inward parts were formed and fashioned with these musical things. Do you not see that? There's a reason why it's so deceptive. So before I get off on that tangent, and I'm not, He's a beautiful angel. And again, I don't know what he looks like today. I don't know what he looks like as a fallen angel. I just know what the Bible said he did look like. But I guarantee you the devil is not some ugly, red-faced, horned, pitchfork-wearing person, angelic being, because that's not very enticing. If that were, I'd be like, you're ugly. But see, sin is beautiful. If sin wasn't beautiful, none of us would do it. Sin 
is enticing. So the devil has to be enticing. The devil has to be pretty because sin is pretty. That fruit had to have been beautiful. It had to have been beautiful because Eve, her eyes said, this is a beautiful fruit. Look at this fruit. And her husband looked as she took a bite. And moment she did it, her eyes were opened. One thing I find fascinating about that passage that a lot of us don't talk about is the moment she took a bite from that tree, as God even said in Genesis, we need to expel them from the garden. Why? Because they sinned. No. Because at that moment, they would know what God knew. So what I want to do here is I, I just felt led of the Lord to do this. And I do want to go ahead and read the Genesis account of the fall. Because I think this really puts into perspective what really happened that day and why deception right from the beginning of the Bible and up until the day that we live in today is something that so many people are not seeing. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field, which the Lord had made. Other words for crafty, artful. Cunning, cute, designing, devious, foxy, scheming, shrewd, slick, sly, subtle, tricky. I mean, it goes on and on on that one. So he was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to woman, because her name was not Eve yet. Indeed, this is what he said. First lie. So he said to woman, he's using God's words to deceive her. Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely won't die, contradicting what God says. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. That, in fact, is not a lie. And we'll get there. Knowing good and evil. Now, so the first thing he went through, she heard what the devil had said. Now the woman saw. So now he's getting her through enticement of the eyes. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise Look at all that delight. Sin is a delight to the eyes. When I looked at pornography, it was delightful to my eyes. Sex is delightful to your body parts. Being drunk is delightful 
to your brain. And that tree was desirable to make one wise. She, she took from it its fruit and ate. And she also gave it to her husband with her. With her, a lot of people think that Adam wasn't present here, but he was. And he ate. So clearly it happened so fast. He was right in the vicinity. It wasn't like he was looking a mile down the road. He was behind her. Here's what I want you to catch. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves, that's shame, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? People say, well, why would God ask that question? Right? If God is all knowing, which he is, and he doesn't give choice, because he, well, why would he do that? If God is not a God of free will, he would have never asked that question. He asked the question because he knew the answer was going to be, I ate it because my wife told me to. So have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman, blame game already started, whom you gave to be with me. So it's like, Lord, you couldn't give me someone else. You could like not do this. You did it. You gave her to me. She gave for me the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, now here is the prophecy of Christ to come because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly, you will go and dust you will eat all the days of your life. So people have taken that verse, the devil, I believe they're calling him a serpent here, but I don't think it was an actual snake that talked to Eve. And then I think in that moment is when to me personally, comment below, that is when the devil's, I think his form changed. I don't think he was still an ugly being because he still has to entice people and deceive. That's why he masquerades as an angel of light on your belly. So I don't mean he's literally on his belly. I just believe that his, his figure changed what we read in Ezekiel. And I believe it's Isaiah. I don't believe that's what he looks like right now. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Women don't have seed. And he let's talk about Christ shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply, multiply your pain and childbirth so you guys can 
thank Eve for your pain. In pain, you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So that doesn't mean he put the desire for women to just desire their husband. That's actually their desire to be over the husband. But at that moment, he's like, no, you're going to be submissive because why? Because you couldn't listen and you deceived your husband. Then to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife. Notice he didn't say the voice of the serpent. The wife deceived Eve. You have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you saying you shall not eat from. Cursed is the ground because of you, tree huggers. The ground is cursed. In toil, you will eat of it. The dryer just stopped, so I'm sure my sound probably changed a little bit. All the days of your life, both thorns and thistles, it shall grow for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It was at this point, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. It was at this point, Eve, the woman was now Eve, man was now Adam. And he explained why. Verse 22, I want you to catch it. Then the Lord God said, so first of all, this is another verse regarding the Trinity, even though it's not said it in here. Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and also take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So notice here, notice here in this passage, it doesn't say both. It doesn't say behold both have become like one of us. It says man has become like one of us. So at that moment when Adam bit into the fruit, he knew good and evil and he would live forever. But the ground, everything was cursed. That couldn't happen. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden. So people say, Kim, that therefore, so if you just take that out, therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden. You're like, well, why did God send him out of the garden of Eden? Because you have to read before. What is it? Therefore, wherefore, therefore, because man became like one of us, Trinity, they were sent out of the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he, God, drove the man out, and at the east of the garden, he, God, stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. So many nuggets there in that verse, for sure. Okay. Sorry about that. I, t- I, I totally digressed. And I, like I said, God leads this podcast, not me. So anyway, that's who the devil is, right? He's a, de- he's a deceiver. Everything about him is a deceiver. Um, he is actively seeking to destroy you as a believer. And if he can get into your heart and your mind, again, you're saved, 
but that's where the devil will resonate with thoughts. So you'll, you'll be deceived. You'll have anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, confusion. So anyway, Revelation chapter 12, verse nine says, and the great dragon was thrown down the serpent. That's how I get to my thought process on Genesis three of old, who was called the devil and Satan, same person. So again, I don't believe it was a snake who just rolled up on Eve one day who deceives who the whole world. And this is again, revelation 12. This is during the tribulation. So he was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Cause remember up until this point, the devil can still access heaven. And then first John chapter four verses one, sorry, I'm rushing time got away and I apologize. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Notice that spirit is lowercase, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. The church is also under the umbrella right now of some serious deception. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse three, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. So I really hate to be the bearer of bad news, but as I said before, the last days are just going to grow worse and worse and worse and worse. The last days wickedness will grow and not revival. And next week, we're going to talk about the reawakening. That's what I do know. And then it's the prodigal. So the reawakening. And the reason I want to do this is because we're going to hone into what America's idol is. And you might know, or you may not know and tune in and never subscribe to my channel again, because you don't like what I have to say. But last day's wickedness, wickedness will prevail. Lawlessness Times will wax worse and worse. It's not going to be revival. And we see that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. So again, I sit here because if you're going to look at the world and say, my gosh, sin is abounding, the sin-sick world, the lawlessness, blah, 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 your anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, anger, because you're looking for this great revival that's never going to happen. And you'd be like, why, God? Why? Don't understand these big tent revivals because that's not what the scripture says. So if we know it's going to lead into this progression, not to bring up Carrie Underwood because I really don't like her, but Jesus, take the wheel because that's what you do. You're driving this thing, not me. So it says 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, this know also. No, get it in your mind that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Nowhere does it say in the last days, revival will come. For men will be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. That's what we talked about before regarding parents killing their kids, abortion. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those 
that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Romans chapter one, starting in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so they are without excuse. Second Timothy 3.13, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse. It doesn't even give you the word good there. From bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. We can put that into the deception category as well. But evil men and imposters. Wow. Evil men, we kind of like, yeah, bad to worse. We're kind of seeing that. But the imposters, the tears, Those having a form of godliness but denying its power will proceed from bad to worse. I think we're in the worst category right now. Deceiving they are and being deceived. Evil men are deceiving the world, thinking that COVID is some big bad boogeyman, that you must get vaccinated, but you'll still get COVID. So false teachers and churches riddle throughout the Bible. And I didn't have time for all of that. Second Peter chapter two, verse one, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift Destruction upon themselves. Verse two, many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. That word maligned means to criticize. So do we not see that today? There's so many people who criticize Christians, the real Christians, because of these false Christians. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago was not idle and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of darkness reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah a preacher of righteousness with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter. And if he rescued righteous lot, isn't that funny? He called him righteous. And we look at lot. He was anything but in the eyes of man oppressed 
by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men. For by what he saw and heard that righteous man while living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Then it goes down into that, right? God will bring swift judgment against them. And he talks everything from verse 10 on about these false teachers. Unreasoning animals reveling in their deceptions as they carouse with you. Having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin. That reminds me of Greg Locke on that passage. Enticing unstable souls. Having a heart trained in greed. Forsaking the right way. Having gone astray following the way of Balaam who loved the wages of unrighteousness. These are springs without water and mists driven by a storm for whom the black darkness has been reserved. God is telling me, it's why I can't stand when people tell me to pray for a false teacher. It's been reserved. Their place in hell has been reserved for speaking out arrogant words of vanity they entice by fleshly desires by sensuality those who barely escape from the ones who live in error promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption for it this verse is so powerful verse 21 for it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit. And a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. Wow. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. You see why I'm so with that whole word believe. Jude 1 4. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Church, you're not noticing. You're not noticing the false signs and wonders. They crept in unnoticed, unaware. Those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, the same thing that we just read that their time in complete darkness has already been ordained. Ungodly persons who turn the grace of God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. That word there is licentiousness is debauchery. Wow. The degenerate, immoral, depraved. Wow. He's talking about false teachers. He's talking about pastors at a pulpit who are debased and depraved. But oh no, oh no, Cam, you can't call them out. We need to pray. We need to pray for Joel Osteen. No, that's not what the Bible tells me. I'm not reading it anywhere. Nowhere. If you can prove to me, comment below one, just one scripture, one that tells us to pray for false teachers. I will come on this podcast and I will apologize 
She can't do it because there isn't one. So no, no, I'm not going to pray for him. I'm not going to pray for a Greg Locke who cheated on his wife and sent her away and has never repented and has slept with a young, cute secretary. And him and her go to this demonic treat. No, I'm not going to pray for them. Jude 1 at 17 through 19. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ that they were saying to you in the last time, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. Children, it is the last hour As you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, therefore what? We know that this is the last hour. That is 1 John 2, 18. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves, deception, as apostles of Christ. There are no apostles today, not with a capital A. No wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants, that's why I always tell people when I comment on these pages, you serve your devil, the father of lies. Also, his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, deception, disguise. Do you know if you're a pastor? So you wouldn't know if you never cracked open the Bible. Do you know what Bill Johnson and Joel Osteen, do you know what they peddle? They peddle a lie. But would you know that if you didn't crack open the word of God for yourself? disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. Pretty uh, harsh episode here this week, guys. Sorry, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to give you the word of God without giving you the word of God. And that's why people don't want to be in the word of God, because the word of God will convict. The word of God will lead you down that path of, man, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't look at that. I need to turn off my phone. I don't need to date as a Christian for four years, five years, 10 years, a year. I don't need to use the language that I do. I don't need to look into the future and worry and have fear and doubt. I need to be strong. I need to listen to Bible teachers because clearly, man, there's a lot of deception out there. Acts chapter 17 tells us to be a Berean. The Bereans searched the scriptures to see even what Paul said was true. Well, what is he? Is he telling us the truth? They were a Berean. That's what that means. Be a Berean. Study God's word. If the word of God says to rightly divide, that means there's people wrongly dividing the word of God. So deception for the new year. Turn off the COVID. If that's your weakness, turn it off. If you want to be riddled by the lies of the fake news and the propaganda being shoved down your throat, turn it off. 
So the question was, should we listen to it? Sure. If it doesn't affect you, if you speak truth, then go ahead, leave it on. I wouldn't delve into it every day because we shouldn't be ignorant to the times in which we live either, but we shouldn't be so engrossed by it that that's our whole entire world. We should know enough information to win the lost and point them to the book of Revelation and say, this has all been foretold. Don't look out into the future because only fear and worry and anxiety and death live there. So do you really want to change or do you want to stay where you're at? And just have everyone always praying for you, but yet you really don't do anything on your own. And finally, to end this podcast on an amazingly positive note, God sits on the throne. He, he's not, he hasn't left. Jesus still sits at the right hand of the father. He hasn't left. They're not shaking their head, wondering what the heck is going on in this world. I didn't know about this COVID and these volcanoes erupting and storms and, and creation groaning. What, what is Jesus? What's happening? They're not shocked. You know, what's amazing. And this is the concept. This is what I want you to grasp today. God is already at the end of it all. Remember he exists out of time and space. That's why he's God. So before it was, he was. So he's already there. So if he's already there, why are you sitting in a place of worry? And God has told us that we are not appointed to his wrath from the very moment the seal is open and the Antichrist comes on the scene. That's God's wrath. The lamb is opening the seal. Not man. Not Joe Biden. Not Dr. Fauci. Not the World Economic Forum. Not the European Union. Jesus opens the seal. And we won't be here as we read in Revelation chapter 3, or 2, I think, maybe it's 2.19, that we are, we are snatched, we are out of here before that happens. It will save us from that day that's to come. So that's the God that we need to hold on to. Because again, no, the world is not going to have some great big revival. It will wax worse and worse and worse until the end of time, right? There's last days and then there's end times. I've said this before as well. The last days are the days in which we are living right now. I classify the last days from the moment Jesus ascended into heaven. That's when I believe the last days started. People believe it started the day of Pentecost. That's fine as well. When the church was born. But I believe when Jesus ascended, gave his apostles the great commission and then they spread it on down the line. I believe that's when the last day started until the rapture. But then the end times are from the rapture to the end of the age, the millennial reign of Christ. And then you have the eternal state. So my encouragement to you this week is this. God is in control. A few episodes down the road, we're going to be doing a segment, as I said in the beginning, of who Jesus is. Is he real? Did this man really rise from the dead? Well, yes, and we'll get into that. But you may say no. And how can a God be this way? Who's this God? I don't understand why this happens. If God loved and God cared, and why is death? We just read why death is. It's not because of God. It's because man made a choice, and because of their choice, 
this all happened, but God knew at that moment, even before that moment, that he would send his only son into the world for the final atonement of sin. See, but a sin-sick world, they don't want Christ. Someone had posted one time that the world that we're living in is da 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 and then they posted, there's always a choice we have to make, and it was such a stupid meme. And then one of them said, religion, obey or hell. No, that's not really it. I mean, no, that's not really it. That's religion. A relationship with God, right, is freedom from hell. But religion tells you obey, do A, B, C, and D. That's bondage. Catholicism, bondage. Mormonism, bondage. Jehovah Witness, bondage. Seventh-day Advent, bondage. Because there's rules and regulations. Calvinism, bondage. Because you have to persevere. You got to do good works. That would be lordship. I'm a sinner and I recognize that. And I believe through faith. I've put my trust in Christ Jesus. See how that all comes full circle? If your trust is in Christ to say, I believe, then why can't you put your trust in Christ to say, I trust you with this world? Sure, I want to go home. Sure, I want to be raptured. Sure, I'm sick and tired of the lawlessness and the selfishness. Sure, my love for many is not growing really good. It's kind of growing cold. I'm using that verse out of context, just so you know, because that's really during the tribulation. But I mean, I don't really like people that much this day and age. But God still opens doors for me in my Uber to witness to people. And I'll never be silent about who Jesus is. But the gospel is very simple. The simplicity of the gospel is Jesus came. He was born of a virgin. He died. He was buried. He rose again, and he's coming again. And you have to believe through faith by putting your trust in Jesus. I don't need to obey and then hell, but I do need to live a life of a, of a Christian. I need to emulate Christ. That's why we're called Christ followers or followers of Christ. He called people to follow him. Are you going to follow Christ today? And if you don't know him and you're listening to this, maybe you were a rider in my car and you just happened to tune in this week. There's a reason you're running. There's a reason you have anxiety, fear, worry, doubt. There's a reason you question because God has put the void in all of us until we come to the realization of who Jesus is when our belief turns to faith and we know beyond our shadow of a doubt that nobody but Jesus can take the wheel in every aspect of our life. So we have to lay aside all the feel-good nonsense, lay aside the deception of the world, of our government, of our news, and lay aside the deception of the false teachers and the feel-good messages. And even those like a Greg Locke who seem like, man, he really knows the word of God. Yeah, but he's also false. He's peddling his own mess and dropping stuff over here. We have to move in a direction 
where our walk with Christ becomes something so much more than what we thought it could ever be. We need to stop having everyone else pray for us. And we need to come to that realization with Christ and pray and meditate and sit there and be still. We need to open the word of God and see exactly what God says and hold on to his promises and know that he is the God of peace. So anyway, in the next coming weeks, we have a lot going on here at Life Clips. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys stay with me. Um, Next week, again, we're going to be talking about um, America's Idol. What is that? Then the following week, we're going to talk about the backslider. And then from there on out, I'm kind of cloudy. I think I'm going to talk about COVID. I forgot how it's all lined up. But anyway, um, go ahead to, I meant to mention this in the beginning, set the little notification button on Rumble or even on the podcast so you'll get notified when we upload i upload every single friday if i'm taking a week off just need time to unplug and recharge so to speak i always let everyone know that i won't be airing but anyway also again follow us on facebook if you haven't already find us life clips podcast subscribe to us here share comment do all that good stuff smash the like button and uh, i guess that's it so anyway listen Until we meet again next Friday, Lord willing, y'all have an amazing rest of your week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Life Clips. Life Clips uploads episodes every Friday. So head on over to our Rumble channel, Life Clips underscore podcast. One more time, that is Life Clips underscore podcast to get notified when we upload. Make sure when you're on our Rumble channel, you give us a Rumble comment and share. You can also subscribe to us on many podcast platforms, such as Google, Apple, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio or Pandora. And now since we have our own private server, feel free to email us if you want to be a guest, if you have a question or a comment, email us at questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. Again, that email address is questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. And finally, I am saving the best news for last. Without the encouragement that we have as believers that we read in Titus chapter 2, 13, this world would be very overwhelming right now. But we are told to look for our blessed hope, to look for the glorious appearing of Jesus. May you be encouraged today. I'm looking forward to seeing each and every one of you in the air one day. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus.